We continue from the Warrior Practice Facility. Now, Rod, what we need is we need a guy who's been a GM. Mm-hmm. We need a guy who's been a coach. Mm-hmm. We got a guy who's a scout. I mean, someone who's jack of all trades. It, it's and it's almost master like, of none. It, it, it's almost like his whole family business has been the NBA. This Larry Harris has stopped by. It is. Del Harris, you may have heard a little bit. He coached your coached Rocket team, team. For, for a long time. And 81 Rockets finals team. And, and I loved him in all the Police Academy movies and stuff. Yes, and that's, you know, Naked Gun. He was terrific. No? And he's still alive. It, it, and it, that one's still alive. Yeah, he's a stunt is, double. That is true. <laughs> Larry, it is good to see you. Let, I want to start with one thing. You drafted Andrew Bogan. Yes. And, and, and so I don't think, and I know because Rod and I do the show, we take calls. People have no idea. How good Andrew Bogut well, is. The first thing they say is he's injury prone. Okay. He's been in two car crashes, basically. Right. Well, you know what? Again, when you, when you, he wasn't injured before we ever drafted him, I can tell you that. Um, you know, from a standpoint of the fans and what they're going to see in Andrew Bogut, first off, I, you know, fortunately for me and my father, we've, my father's been in coaching 53 years, and now this, I just finished my 24th year in the NBA, um, all on the management side, one year of coaching. But, uh, in that time, I don't know if I've ever run across, if I have, maybe Jack Sikma, maybe Sidney Moncrief. But as far as a basketball IQ, it, it's off the charts. I mean, this guy is such a coach's dream from a basketball IQ standpoint. Now, does that make him the greatest player or is going to be this? But I'm just telling you, it's so much easier to coach guys with IQs than it's ones that struggled to pick the game up and eventually come. Well, it's almost them. like you don't have to coach them. But the second thing Bogut has, and this is from watching him play but then being around him a little bit after the trade, he doesn't care if he scores. He doesn't care what his rebounds. He doesn't care what his blocks are. He cares about winning. That's it. I mean, he cares about winning. That's why the whole, you know, he averaged a double-double. He was third He was third team all-NBA at the center spot. He led the league in block shots. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He cares about, was I the center on the team that won? And that, you know, whether it's his Australian national team, whether it's a Croatian background, whatever, this guy is not, hey, I had 19 tonight. He's not that guy. It, it doesn't mean anything to him. His whole thing, you know how a lot of players talk about, I'm all about winning. It's a great cliche. Well, what's the most important to you? Oh, my family, I'm all about winning. Do whatever it takes. He literally believes that. I mean, he, he wants to be recognized as one of the best centers ever to play in the game of basketball, whether it be in Europe, in the NBA, or whatever, because his team's won. And he knows up to this point he's been in the playoffs three times. They've gotten we, – we, when we, he was with us, as a rookie, we got into the playoffs. They haven't been past the first round. There's a drive within him to be that starting center, to be the kind of person that takes and elevates this team to be a contender in the playoffs and then to go further. That, that's really how he'll be defined. So the success of the team, the way the, the city embraces our team, that's more important to him. If that means he averages a double-double, if that means it takes him 20 points, 10 points, 2 points, 20 rebounds, whatever it takes. I mean, he is the consummate pro. And every day he's going to bring the lunch pail, and he understands he's not a, 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 a facing five-man or some you know guy that wants to pick and pop. I mean, this guy lives in the low post, wants to be there, understands and commands the respect down there, and is arguably, no disrespect to Steph, no disrespect to, at this point, David Lee, who's a, who's a good passer. This guy is a tremendously gifted passer, tremendously gifted player around the basket, completely unselfish, and is going to be great for Clay, going to be great for Steph, going to be great for David, because when he grabs the ball in the low post, his first thing is, is who's open? The next guy that should get the ball, similar to what San Antonio does, that's what he's all about. It, it's he, he's a he's a pleasure to watch. He's a tremendous person. He's a good teammate, and you're absolutely right. He just wants to win. The problem was that people haven't had a chance to watch him when he was in Milwaukee. Folks out here, unless you had league pass, right, unless yeah. you had league right. pass, folks out folks out here just didn't see him. Right. Um, so I, I I would think that the 
opinions about Andrew Bogut from Warrior fans are based on the fact that they didn't see him play and know he's been injured. Right. I mean, that, that, that's all that right. is. And, and you know what? The thing is, is there's two there's two sides to the story. In college, he was not injury prone. Mm-hmm. He came into the league. And really, the two injuries he's had is not something of any chronic nature. I right. mean, the guy goes up for a dunk, loses his feet underneath. He tries to brace himself and shatters his elbow. Okay. That may happen. I mean, how long have we been around the league? How, uh, can we count on two fingers? Yeah, how many ne- never ever happened to anybody that? else I saw, right? You know, that that's... Those are the kind of injuries and in what we're talking about that happened to him. I mean, so I, it's not a knee and it's not a foot. Not and a back. Not, yeah, back. and it's not that. So the injuries, though they were unfortunate for him, allowed us to get him. If he was healthy, we, he's playing for Milwaukee still. It's, it's not happening because this guy, on top of all that, is not one of those who wants to get with a dream team. It's not the big three. It's not one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven championships. He wants to do it himself. Right. You want to come play with me, I'm all good for that. But I'm not going to go chase the dream. And that's what he's about. And I think that we're getting into a little bit of a culture where because of AAU, because of USA Basketball, because of the dream teams and all that stuff, these guys getting together in the summer, that, hey, why wouldn't you want to go play with some of your best friends? Not that Andrew Bogut, he wants the respect of his NBA, his NBA counterparts, but he's not going to go chase the dream. He wants him to come here. He thinks he can win it with Steph, with Clay, with David, and other pieces we're going to add. That, to me, is refreshing, and that is that European thing. That's, that's what he's all about. No matter, I mean, no matter where I play, no matter where, what I do. But when I, when I put it out there on the floor, the fans are going to appreciate what I do because he is, I'm telling you, he can pass, he can handle, he needs to improve his free throw shooting. I cannot believe he struggles as much as he does. He needs to get that. But when he's on the floor, he has an idea of what's going on. He understands defensive rotations. I know our fans, there's two things we got to improve, defense and rebound. Amen. Do you understand that? Those are the two things that this guy brings to the table every day, defense and rebound. Uh, See why it's fun to talk to Larry Harris? I, I mean, it, this good. guy, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is one, of the, one of the quality guys in this league. When you look at this draft, we're hearing all kinds of names in that there's 20, 30 guys that can legitimately play. It's a good draft to have four picks. For the Warriors with the seventh pick, moving backwards and getting, you know, multiple picks. But I do think that there's talent in this top ten that, okay, this scenario, this scenario, this Warriors are going to get a player that's going to add to this team it's, that's going to help. You know, people say, oh, the draft. Well, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are two of your four best players. You just drafted them within the last three years. The draft is kind of important. Absolutely. And, you know, that was an 11th pick and a 7th pick. Um, you're out scouting. You get eyes on these people. You know, give me – the talent level of this draft and and the seventh pick in particular you know the Warriors are going to get somebody to come and start or play or I mean what, what's your thoughts? Well I, I, you know you follow and you know I reside in Milwaukee that's where I live full-time and come out here periodically but obviously with technology I'm on the phone with Bob and with with Jerry and um, with Joe and Kirk and Travis and, and Larry Riley so it's a it's a unique set of, of personnel that we have with this team because of the experience and, and, and a lot of different things that people bring to the table. I will say this. I, f- I feel very good about the draft in the sense that this is my 24th time of going through it. This is the first time I've ever been a part of having four picks, and I consider the first three picks as significant. When you're within the top 40, no matter how many you have in the top 40, you want to walk away with, if you use all three, those three guys should be on your team, either as an asset or a player is going to contribute to your team. We really feel that way. We're not saying that because we have three picks and we want all the fans to get excited because this is the way it's going to be. It really is truthful. You talk to all the counterparts. If they were all here and honest with you in this room saying, take every GM or player personnel guy in the league with all 30 teams, and they say, look, how deep do you think this draft is? I'd be shocked that they wouldn't say, honestly, somewhere between 15 and 30. They like a number of those guys 
probably 30. Some would say 20. Some may say 25. No one's going to tell you four, two, oh, Anthony Davis, and that's it. I'll be honest with you guys. There's Anthony Davis. He's ready to step in and play. Probably of all the guys, he's got a chance to be a superstar right. based on what you've seen. We all agree with that. But then after that, there's varying degrees that, you know, Thomas Robinson, what he brings to the table. It's an energy. It's an effort. He's improved every year. But there's some fallacies to his game, some things he needs to improve with. We understand he needs to be a better scorer. Got to put it on the floor a bit more. He's going to have to play on the floor. He's going to do some more to the dribble drive. He's got to be a better free throw shooter. He's going to get fouled a lot. Everybody's got, and I don't mean to pick out Thomas, but I'm trying to give his strength and weaknesses, which from pick two to pick 30, it's going to be that way. We're as excited. I hope the fans really believe this. We're as excited about seven and what we can do there because we feel, and I think I think Bob Myers was stated or had made something here in the last month about we're going to get a starter. We need a starter at seven. And I think that got kind of blown out in the sense of in our meetings, it was we want to try and obtain a starter. If it's not today, at some point in his career, we would hope that he would be a starter for us. That's where we're going. We feel that about seven. But at 30, we feel like 30. We've got a number of guys based on what we're thinking with mocks of all the lying that's going on in that room in there. (laughs) But if they were truthful, they would tell us, that the guys that we're liking at 30 and 35, we've got a number of guys. We're excited that we think that 30 and 35, if we keep both picks, maybe we move up, maybe we keep them both. If we, if we do keep them, which we, that's all we have today, we really believe those guys have a chance to be that kind of in your na- eighth, ninth man, tenth at the most, to be able to come in and contribute 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a night, depending on who we play. Four out of your five guys uh, that you have right now, a couple of them I think can be superstars in terms of Steph and Andrew Bogut. Clay Thompson is a very good player. And David Lee, excellent player. But to me, you guys are just missing those extra cats, those other guys, however you want to call them, glue guys. And that's what, to me, seems to be big in this draft. Right. You could get these young men that might have some flaws, but the, obviously the positives outweigh the negatives. They could come in and play and contribute and play significant minutes right now. Absolutely. Doing little things. Yes, and, and I agree with you completely. Now, when we talk about our top four, we certainly, as we group in and we go into the summer, we, we want to include what Charles Jenkins did, sure. that he's a part mm-hmm. of that, um, that we think Brandon Rush, what we're going to do is keep him. He's a part of that group. Those are the glue guys that we need as well. If you look at our team, and you guys watch us all year long, the reason that we were able to, I think, win one more road game than we did the year before, the reason that we were in games when we were undermanned and injured and the things that happened to us is because our bench, we created back, and you would know when Sacramento, when they were really good, they called them the bench mob or whatever. We really had a personality that our bench was nastier than the other one. And Dominic McGuire, Brandon Rush, Rush Nate you know, Charles Jenkins, Nate, Jenkins, Tyler, all yeah, those guys. Those right. guys came in. We recognized that in an 82-game schedule, even in a 66, but in an 82-game schedule, you can win 15, 18, 20 games or put yourself in a position every night to win those if you have that mentality. We need to get that. We believe, as you're saying, in this draft, it may not be, well, we're going to find a starting small forward and we're going to be able to have a – we're going to have somebody who's going to challenge to be a starting uh, power forward. We feel comfortable with our our first four. Now, Darrell Wright, hopefully he'll come back and give us if we don't if we don't end up getting a small forward either in this draft or trades or whatever it may be, that we really believe we'll be able to add more depth to our team of guys that can play and be able to bring that, that toughness because we need we need rebounding, we need defense, defense. and we need toughness. Yeah. This is a team that can score. We understand that. It's not that we wouldn't go get somebody that could score some more points, sure. but we're trying to develop a mentality that we're nasty. That we're going to guard you, and we're you know we're gonna, instead of trying out score you every night, we're actually going to make you play at this other end of the floor. Speedy Claxton talked about Harrison Barnes. That's a guy I like. 
Larry Riley, we asked him about Deion Waiters, uh, you know, why is he moving up so quickly in the draft. We'll give you the uh, enigma. Uh, uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Tell me, tell me eyes on Drummond. Okay. And, and you know, there's always, and this, this happens a lot, there was a guy that went to six different high schools that was like a Sasquatch or Yeti, and Phoenix took him and he became Amari Stoudemire. And people went, how the hell did people not? Well, he went to six different high schools. I never heard of anyone who went to six different high schools. But so everyone, when you see the all-airport team, and you see a guy who's 6'10", 270, he's 18 years old, and he can run like the wind, you're like, oh, my God. But then you also have to play basketball. That, that becomes an issue. So projecting becomes a problem. Your thoughts on, on Andre Drummond, your thumbnail on, on well, him. Well, I, I think what you're going to get is you're certainly getting the best center in the draft. Now, does that mean that he goes two? No, he won't. Um, you get the best center in the draft. If he were to stay at Connecticut, he would probably be the number one pick next year. Okay. Um, if not number one, number two. Because of size, yeah, too, and everything, right? Barring any injuries or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he, he, would, he would have gone in projected as one, two, or three next year. He's 18 years old. He didn't even turn 19 until August. This is a puppy. He went, you know, if you follow his track record, he he was the number one player in high school, and he decided like a month before that, you know what, high school isn't for me. I'm just going to go to UConn. So he gets to UConn three days before they have practice, their first practice. So he he jumps from 18, going to go play with some guys that have a lot of zits and freckles that he's going to go play in. No, he's not going to go play just somewhere. Oh, just going to go play in the Big East. And I'm going to start for UConn. I don't have much practice time. I don't even know these cats that I'm about ready to line up with. So... This guy, you talk about all airport team. I mean, he's number one. He's, he's like he's, he's 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 unbelievably athletic. He's unbelievably gifted physically. No question about it. He's got to learn the game of basketball. If you take him, can he go play in a game tomorrow for ten minutes, fifteen? Yeah, gonna be in foul trouble. Gonna rebound, block a shot. Would he beat DeAndre Jordan? He's not there yet. Okay, all he's right, not there just, yet. All right. he, he's not there yet. Okay. Only because DeAndre played in college. He had a little bit more behind him. Okay, Andre's very very raw. I mean, you're talking about a 29% free throw shooter, okay? That doesn't equate real well. And you, we know here in Golden State, we're good at the hack-a-shack. I mean, he's going to fit that mold his first year. <laughs> he's going to do that. I mean, it's hack, you know, hack and Andre. I mean, right. there's a number of guys, hack Evans. I mean, there's a number of guys. But yet, he's raw, and he's very raw offensively. But as far as the strengths that he brings, size, he's got speed, great athlete. He just doesn't have an ability of, of, the, of the understanding of the game yet, and that's because he's 18 years old. Offensively, he's he's a long ways away from being able to throw it into the paint and having him go do some things, passing out a double team, the nuances of the game, understanding the game. Those have, have to come along. And so if you take him, whoever takes him, it looks like it could be five, could be seven with us, it could be eight in Toronto. I think if he falls past us, I think nine at Detroit is where his landing spot is. You just have to understand that Today it may not be it, but if you can wait two or three years and he gets with the right team and they have patience, he could be really, really good. We're over time. I'll ask you a super short question here. I told Rod the only thing that would surprise me is if the Warriors stayed at 7-30, drafted for themselves and did nothing else the rest of the night. The odds of that happening are? Are, wow. Um, Let's see. They don't really tell me what's going on there. I would say remote. Okay, good. All right. So I'm reading the tea. I'll make it exciting. (laughs) I'll say remote. Hey, so good seeing you, Larry. Thanks for stopping Uh, by, man. I appreciate you guys having me.